we have sat yogis in other countries now who listen to our teachings on the internet. So we have to keep providing them with nourishment to help support their spiritual journeys from far away. And those of you who come regularly realize how important it is to have a place like this to come physically. But if you can't do that, you can resonate spiritually from wherever you are. But coming together in a satsang like this creates a womb of love in which to bathe, in which to let go of the stresses that we have to deal with out there in that world of non-love, of competition and anger and brutality. And the more we create a close-knit community of love, the more this becomes a refuge. And that's what is important to the soul of each of us, that we need a refuge. Everyone needs a place to be able to come and know that they're accepted without judgment, where they can sit and let go of everything, let go of all of the masks and the shields and the armoring that we've been carrying to cope with a difficult world out there. And yet the armorings that we have to face the external world are nothing compared to the armorings we have to avoid the internal world, the world of the unconscious mind, which batters us with its storms far worse than the external world's catastrophic elemental movements affect us. And so we need to find the way to achieve the inner refuge. And that means that we have to let go of the mind itself because the mind is where the problems lie. And we are attached to the mind because we identify with the body. As long as consciousness is identified with the physical organism, then the mind with all of its defense mechanisms that are intended to protect that organism against the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune will have to remain rigid and always on alert and always thinking, manipulating, strategizing to defend itself. But when we can let go of the mind, first at the ego level and then even at the soul level, then we can finally be at peace in our spirit, our Atman. That's the only true refuge. That Atman, which is linked with the Brahman, the Parabrahman, the supreme real, is the place of peace, the only place. And so in our meditation, we want to go directly there. Do not pass, go. Do not go to jail. Do not fall into the ego mind. Go directly into what is our true and original and supreme nature. Don't succumb to the seductions of the mind, the chatterings that will tell you it's more important to think about what you're going to do tomorrow or dealing with whatever worries and stresses are in your mind than to give yourself this place and time of refuge, of restoration of your inner powers. This is important to recharge your batteries. And you only do that by achieving complete silence, stillness of the mind, and bathing in the inner dimension of love 
presence of God, the Buddha nature. And when we do that for long enough, then what happens is that there's a flexibility and an empowerment that is communicated to the soul and to the ego and to the physical organism, even to the cells of the body, that enables the prana to flow more powerfully and more fully, that gives greater health to the body and greater will and strength to face adversity and greater creativity in the sources of the soul's love for life. And so there's a restoration and a replenishment and a revivification of all aspects of our existence that comes through meditation when we reach the absolute. But to reach the absolute, it's very important that we do not identify as anything other than the absolute. If we identify with the ego, then the mind will say, oh no, I'm not worthy of, of facing the absolute. Or how could I do it? How could some physical gross organism do that? Or some personality that is mired in its own addictions, perversities, shameful acts, thoughts, whatever. All of those things, guilt, all those, those sins, those vices, whether they are true or not, whether we only imagine them, and most of them are just imagined, but we're carrying all of that, and that has to be let go of. But we, before we can let go of it, we have to realize that it's not who we are in the first place, and never was. And then let go of even the soul's trajectory of karma through all of its existences in time and space. And when we transcend the time-space phenomenal plane, we realize then that all of this is dream stuff. What we thought of as matter and energy is just the stuff of consciousness. And we get to the source, the root of consciousness. And there lies liberation. But to get there, we must affirm that we are that. That's the first mantra, actually. Tatwamasi, thou art that. And that affirmation, I am that, and only that. Not a body, not an entity, not a personality. Not anything separate from the very source of all that is. And when we can melt our consciousness into that supreme real, then we are free. And what comes back after the meditation is not the same as what what went there. Because there has been a purification through the very act of letting go and feeling the infinite vastness of our real self. Then that God-self can be brought back. When it's fully brought back into the world, we are an avatar. Probably not an avatar in the sense of this new movie that's out there, but in the original meaning of that word that we are a microcosm of the very absolute itself coming into the time-space phenomenal plane in order to bring the powers of the absolute, which are love, serenity, peace, truth, empowerment, virtue, light, all that which is associated with spiritual essence in all traditions, which are universally the same come through us naturally without any effort when we have disidentified and purified and opened the channels of communication between and through ego to soul to spirit. And then 
we can act from that highest place spontaneously without premeditation. And life becomes a true meditation always. We never stop meditating. We never lose the inner silence and centeredness that enables us to be very stable in the world rather than rocking back and forth from one polarity to the other or one fragment of personality to another. But there is a stability. And that leads to a mobilization of all of our resources and our powers and our creative energies to create the most beautiful world, life, even planetary existence because we are connected with all that is. And at this moment when the planet is threatened, when the human species is threatened with extinction and we see there's a die-off of more and more life forms where, where life itself is threatened on this planet, this is the moment when we must recover our connection to that original source of life to be able to regenerate from the purest essence of being that which gives birth to the most pure and beautiful life forms and life spaces. This is what the Garden of Eden symbolizes. We must become worthy of such a garden. We must become the flowers, the living flowers of God consciousness. And then by planting ourselves in this phenomenal world and organizing ourselves, combining with one another in the most beautiful, synergistic, life-enhancing, love-enhancing ways, we can revivify and restore life here. We have the power to do that. But before we can act from that place, we must reach the core of our being. And so meditation is of infinite importance. When we realize the importance of it, then whenever the mind tries to seduce you into thinking about something of lesser importance, you can simply remind yourself, no, it's too important to reach the silence of the Supreme Presence. And you can say stop to the mind's efforts to detour you into some lesser stream of consciousness and enter into the source of the Ganges of consciousness. And when we reach that source and become that source, then it flows from us naturally in all aspects of life. And we become a blessing to the world. That is our destiny. <clears throat>